0: big one, welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marian Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big one, welcome to you. My name is Marian Rose and I'm Lael Stone. And we would like to say there is nothing wrong with you.
1: <laughs> you can just apply that to any context you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just as our beginning start. No, this is a beautiful topic we wanted to, to talk about and, and bring it to you from our heart to yours. So we will we will dive into it. But before we do, Marion, how are you? What is happening in your world? Where are you at? I was saying to you earlier, Lel, I've gone to that kind of
0: cosmic joke humor of like just all the things that are going on in the in my life and in the wider world and I, all I can do now is is laugh which I think is really helpful <laughs> in the imminent um, we are we're flooded in at the moment we've got massive storms and flooding although it's not raining right now which is handy otherwise you mm. we, won't, we mm. wouldn't be able to hear me speak mm. yeah that's the big thing but ah one bit of news we just did our final homeschooling registration this week. Mm. So that is our last one ever.
1: So I'm very happy to have that done. That's amazing. ah, I feel relieved. (laughs) Yes, I bet. Well, well done on all those years of home educating your children. That's huge. That's really huge. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, amazing hmm what about you lovely lael what's going on in your world Ah, well i am still in between limbo in, in, in between limbo, between that's limbo that's- <laughs> <laughs> i am still i'm in between houses at the moment because we um we haven't quite moved down the coast where we're moving and so yet my daughter started school and so the school where she's going to is down the coast so i'm been living with my mum and my daughter for the last few weeks and um, we go back to the city on the weekend to see my beautiful husband and um, my other kids and the dog my daughter and I've decided I think we're missing the dog the most which she said to my husband the other day and he's like Really? And I'm like, oh, there's nothing quite like animals. <laughs> it's just beautiful. Uh, and it's been really amazing because I, I was just reflecting. It's actually really beautiful to be with my mum. She's, and it's interesting, she's just moved into mothering us. It's like she's like making us food and doing our washing and ironing my clothes, which I think my clothes are all going, what is this thing called an iron? Because I don't iron anything. Uh, and that's been really beautiful to come back and just be in that space. It's been really beautiful. And the thing I've really been reflecting on is I I really love my home. Like I am really quite a homebody. That's just, you know, I love quiet and home and that's where I feel the best. And so not necessarily having my own spaces at the moment feels tricky, but I keep saying I'm going to be really open to whatever this experience is and why we need to be here until we move finally. And what I've realized is because my daughter and I, I just hear a lot, and my my whole thing at the moment was I just want to make sure that she feels really settled and gets what she needs. So I'm not doing as much work and I'm just kind of tuning into her. And every day I drop into school and pick her up and we're just hanging out together. We're going for rides on my mum's electric bike and we're going for walks. And it's like we're just having condensed special time for for weeks because my other kids aren't here and they're adults, so they don't necessarily need it. But because we don't have all the other distractions of home and the things I'd normally be doing there's just this beautiful space that's been created with her and I, which again, I just am seeing the beauty of that. So even though it's not ideal, I am, I'm just in those moments of, wow, there is actually beauty everywhere. It's just depending what lens we look through. So that's felt really gorgeous actually, just to spend all this time with my 14 year old daughter and, and just be with her while she integrates into this next part of her life. And and then also hang out with my mum. It's been quite quite beautiful. So, yeah, it's nice. I am still really looking forward to getting into our new house, though. But all in good time. But it's been that beautiful reflection of depends which way we look at it, right? On what we make it mean. So, so that's where I'm at. Yes, in this moment. Yeah, mm. it's been nice. Mm. Love hearing you speak. Well. <laughs> mm. thank you, lovely. So let's let's jump into this week's podcast and. Um, and and it's interesting when we often tune in with each other, don't we? Go. What should we talk about this week? Or what's up? And what you came to me with. Literally, I had a client. You know, a few hours later, say the exact same statement, and I was like, Oh, that must be what we we're, we're going to talk about. There's nothing wrong with us, or there's nothing wrong with you, or there's nothing wrong with me. When it comes to life and and situations and how we often are conditioned to make ourselves wrong. So, do you want to start, Marianne, by jumping in with what came up for you around us talking about this topic?
0: Yes. We you know I always like to look at the culture and the effects of the culture and um, how what I call the disconnected domination culture, which is not what later or where parenting calls it, but um, and what I believe the, the what I call the DDC is designed to do, which is to make us believe that there is something. <laughs> Really fundamentally wrong with us and flawed, you know, in our own different flavors, and how that, uh, how the DDC is perceptions of human beings, which would be some form of, you know, that we're, that we're bad or we're evil or we need to be trained to be loving and, and all of those things. And I think what I would really love to acknowledge about aware parenting and practicing aware parenting, particularly when my children were, were younger, was the absolute evidence it gave me for. The true nature of human beings which is when they, when their needs are met and their feelings are heard enough which of course is old is harder as we get older because we have a whole load of accumulated feelings and a whole load of harsh beliefs that we've internalized but, but going back to children when we when their needs are met enough when their feelings are heard enough they are loving aware present open Connected, they want to contribute, they want to cooperate. The, the hundreds and the thousands and thousands of times I experienced that with my children after a really big cry or rage or laugh, they would, you know, their eyes would light up, they would be relaxed in their bodies, they would, you know, be naturally affectionate and not from a have to, but just like naturally wanting to clear in their bodies, just like, you know, can I help you, mum, or cuddling up or. You know, I love you, all of that stuff, which to me just was such clear evidence that is who we really are. And, you know, all the different theories around, and you know, my background is psychology. I studied all the different personality theories about, you know, what we are and how we are the way we are. But to me, there was such clear evidence that that is who we are when our needs are met, when our feelings are heard, and when we're given loving ways of thinking about things which isn't so much the we're parenting model but, you know when we respond to children in compassionate ways using compassionate words that they then internalize that, that that's who we really are we are not naturally inherently we're not inherently violent or aggressive or judgmental or we don't inherently want to use power over others or silence them or hurt them those all come from you know, we always talk about the three things in aware parenting, um, information that's not helpful, unmet needs, or generally accumulated feelings. There's something so profound about that, and it's not just a theory. It's actually first-person experience to see that in operation, and I've spoken to so many parents over the years who have experienced that too. So I guess that's where, not I guess, I would like to start there with with that.
1: I, I love that because every parent will know, That experience of when you see your child in their true essence and nature, it's when they are explaining something with wonder, it's when they're giggling hysterically, it's when, you know, they're calm in their bodies and they come up and connect with you and we we know that we know when our children are feeling in their center it's when you might hear them singing in their bedroom to themselves or wanting to you know share or discover something with you you can see that they're in the words I use imbalance, right they're really they're connected to who they are and and I love that we're talking about this because that is their true nature that's where we're meant to be and and you're so right Marion you know over all these years of me doing this work as well as you have seen not just with evidence with your children but all the people we've worked with that when we have that accumulation of feelings when we are carrying those traumas when we are we have suffered those pains and hurts and wounds and we haven't had the opportunity to heal them or shift them or move them then we behave or we act in ways that usually aren't deeply connected and I think that's, you know, I know why I love aware parenting so much is it gives children the opportunity and adults to feel what feels big and hard and release it so they can come back to their true nature, they come back to their centre. And I think it's really important that we, we remember that, you know, because it's very easy to sometimes look at children and go they're bad or they're naughty or it's very easy to have judgement around certain children, why they do certain things. And again, it usually is a bit of a reflection on how we're feeling about ourselves or what our stories have been. But there isn't any such thing as a bad child. There isn't. It doesn't exist because children are just always trying to get their needs met. They're always trying to find their way back into that centre. They're trying to find that connection. They're looking for information. They are looking to release some of the big stories and feelings that are sitting there. And our job as parents is to come back to that place, to remember that who they are is amazing. There is nothing wrong with them. They're just trying to communicate with us in a way that where we perhaps need to decode that language. And so I think for me, this was such a fundamental piece when I really got this because it, it took me out of seeing my children as wrong or bad or naughty or making my life hard and actually just flipped it to be what are they trying to tell me here? What are they communicating with me? And that instantly moves a whole lot of the stories we have around it. And I know we've done another podcast on this, which was really about, um, what did we call it? Was it blame and shame or something like that? I can't remember. Anyway, the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I know. I remember talking about it, but I don't. Yeah. yeah. It. Um, and it really was about what we tell ourselves and then what we project onto our kids and, and I think that's a beautiful place to start. And then we take it a step further as we often do, which is well, where are those thoughts coming from within us? How are we feeling about ourselves? Where does that sit within you know, the belief systems around the way we are? Because we are so conditioned, particularly when we haven't had that opportunity to feel our feelings and feel connected and express ourselves in the way we needed to. It is very easy for us to internalize that and then create a big story about who we are and why perhaps we're wrong or why we're not good enough or judging ourselves or, as you say, you know, whipping yourself with those sticks with, you know, self-judgment and and we can often carry such a a story that I'm not okay, that I'm not enough, I'm bad, I'm wrong, I'm all these kind of things. And yet if we stand back again and look at it and go, actually, there's nothing wrong with you, you've just had these stories or traumas or life experiences that you've been carrying around that haven't been able to be moved and really you're doing the best job you know how to keep yourself safe. That's where we're always coming from. I often say we're always coming from protection on some level. How do I keep myself safe here? And these are such beautiful, rich pieces to understand because they actually help you to be free, right? They help you to go, there actually isn't wrong with me. I'm not bad. I'm not flawed. I'm not wrong. I'm just responding to my environment or the environment I've come from. I'm doing the best job I know how and now I can see it. I can take steps towards healing that or shifting it or being compassionate with myself to, to begin to change these stories, to come back to that deep compassion, because when you come back to that within yourself, then it allows you to be that with others. And that, that is the ripple effect of doing the work or of understanding this on a, on a whole other level. Mm, I love what you said about freedom because when we
0: are when we're hitting ourselves with those sticks that we're really immersed in that there's something wrong with me or or so we're feeling shame or we're feeling guilt which is more about i've done something wrong Mm, we're very constricted in terms of what we can do and we're very easily um We're not connected with our our power at all, are we, when we're in those places? So, again, I would say, you know, it's very convenient on a cultural level to have people that believe there's something fundamentally wrong with them. You know, we can can be sold things through advertising if we believe, you know, if I just get this, uh, you know, whatever it is, this car or this brand of breakfast cereal, whatever it is, then I might feel more like that person or I might be more acceptable. But, you know, the more we... um, We get to heal from these hurts around um, experiences where we were told that there was something wrong with us or we were shamed or we were judged and actually releasing them more and more. The more we connect to how powerful we are and that we we become less and less dependent on things or other people's um, acceptance because more and more it becomes an internal
1: process that we give to ourselves. Absolutely. And I, I, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about when I had um, PTSD and was suffering from pretty full on anxiety many years ago now that was really quite crippling because I couldn't work and I could only just look after my kids. And it was a really debilitating time. So much of the narrative that went through my head is, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just not do this? Why all of a sudden do I feel like I want to vomit when I have to think about doing this? Or why is it that I get all shaky? Or why is it like I just, there was so much judgment around what my body was trying to tell me. And why can't I just be over this? And I've tried this modality and why am I not fixed? And I've tried this and that didn't work. And I was looking for everything outside of me to fix me. And there were some things that were beautiful and helped heal pieces of me. But the thing that I really remember when I think back was the judgment of why am I like this? This isn't okay. And it wasn't until I moved into welcoming what was happening and meeting it with compassion and understanding that it started to lessen. Because it really was that I am actually just responding to something that happened to me that was really full on. And there is nothing wrong with me. And I'm not broken. I am just, I'm just a bit battered at the moment. And I just have a whole lot of stuff I need to dive into. And I, as I lent into being vulnerable, as I lent into stop trying to. Mm-hmm fix it or stop trying to brace myself against it is where the healing began to happen. And I think that is such a a huge thing that we're undoing, particularly if we look at the mental health space. And this is sometimes with labels and it's sometimes with, you know, and we're doing better with saying, you know, everybody on some level has some, there is no normal, really, we've all got stuff going on. Um, But I really think that, that understanding that if you are, depressed and sad well then there's probably a reason for it and it doesn't mean that you are wrong or there's something wrong with you it just means there's some stuff wanting some attention and it's perhaps the same with anxiety it's the same with many many things that we can be really quick to label around that they're messengers they're messengers to say hey there's something here and maybe we need some support to navigate it maybe we need Um, some time or a change in our life to, to move some of that stuff, but it doesn't make you wrong. It just, it makes you human. And so there is nothing wrong with you because you are enough and your true nature is beautiful. And perhaps you were brought up in a way that made you think really badly about yourself or where you were criticized or where you were hurt. And, and what you've had to do your whole life is protect yourself from that. And now in, in adulthood, it's popping up and it's here and it's and it's asking, hey, what do we need to heal or what's present here and and is that impacting our life? And then how do you want to feel? Because as you come back to that freedom piece, when we start to lean into it and we start to understand it, then we start to take control of it on some level. We begin to shift it so that we do become powerful, not powerless. Mm
0: it's so powerful isn't it in terms of aware parenting and if we imagine perhaps how we might have been parented compared to what we might want to be um, how we might want to be responding to our children so if we think on a basic level responding to needs how many times might we and I ask you invite you listener or watcher to to reflect on that yourselves how many times might you have called out for connection and being told that perhaps you were, I don't know, being judged, you know, that you shouldn't want connection or you should be able to, you know, just go and go and be with the babysitter or go to school or whatever it was. And you not know, all the ways that our needs were judged or we might have been shamed or we might, we might have um, you know, just been told we were too sensitive, for example. So all of these beautiful needs that are so natural and normal and from an aware parenting perspective, we're aiming to respond promptly to Uh, a child's needs or a baby's needs and the ways we would have got shamed or judged for having needs and then we can look at feelings all the times we would have been needing to cry we need to rage need to tantrum needing to laugh to express all the accumulated feelings to heal from stress and trauma that beautiful, natural, normal process that we're all born with. And again, in a culture that doesn't understand that all the times we might have been told, you know, there's nothing to cry about, or what's wrong with you, or you shouldn't be like that. Or why are you upset? Or, you know, I'll give you something to cry about all of that, all of those responses. We would have internalized that not as, or even, you know, of course, parents who just stressed, like we all get stressed rather than, Oh, you know, my parent just doesn't understand feelings or, um, Um, My, my parents having a hard day. So they're responding like that as children, we make it about us, we need to do that we believe it's, you know, there's something wrong with us, basically for having feelings. And then we might behave in ways because we have all these accumulated feelings, we might start hitting or biting or throwing, or waking up 10 times at night, or um, being unwilling to cooperate or being silly and goofy, all the ways that we know from the way parenting perspective, that children or young people behave when they have accumulated feelings and then we might have got told you know again what's wrong with you why don't you just go to sleep you're tired Um, why are you hitting what on earth is wrong with you why are you hitting your brother what's wrong with you why won't you do your homework all of those kinds of judgments again so the layers and levels in which this goes in and I know working with parents often it's there are multiple layers so it's not only perhaps You know, the the unmet needs leads to the desire to cry that leads to then the behavior that it's judgment, judgment, judgment. So, you know, this is a profound process that we go back on down those steps when we're healing for ourselves as adults to actually see all the places where that where that the shaming or the judging was kind of implanted almost and the ways Mm -hmm. that we need to unravel, not only feel how painful it was to be judged when we actually most needed love and support and compassion the times when we were told there's something wrong with us when we most needed to hear, oh my gosh, this is the most beautiful thing that you're doing. This is the most normal, natural thing that you're doing. And the beauty of aware parenting is doing whatever we can in kind of going back in that journey so that we have more, more availability and more capacity to actually respond with love and compassion rather than judgment and shaming. And of course, we all will. Um, find that hard at times because of our own hurts and conditioning. But but the more inner work we do, the more likely we are going to be able to
1: do more of that. 100%. I love that. And that's why we often come back to, again, the more we can look at our own stories as parents and feel into what we didn't get and the healing we needed and the more compassion we have for ourselves. And that naturally you know, comes across to our children to other people how often do we, we talk about compassion all the time because it is so fundamental in creating that healing and you know i also want to touch on i guess um and i'll just talk mainly for mothers at the moment and i'm sure this is true for fathers as well but so many women i've worked with over the years you know, who come because they're feeling this rage towards their children or this, um, you know, I'm feeling so upset dropping my child at daycare or all these different places where they kind of make themselves wrong for having those feelings. And they're not wrong for having those feelings because rage and mother rage as we love to talk about is real and it is you know often the powerlessness we feel it's the lack of the village and the community and we're trying to do 5000 things it's um feeling the powerlessness of that we never actually got to express from when we were younger you know and our children just can bring that up in us it can be about the fact that it doesn't feel right dropping your child at daycare and then make, being made to feel bad that you feel upset because there's a part of you that says I actually don't want to be separated from my child or this doesn't feel good who I'm handing them over to. What, there's so many places where we quickly dismiss how we're feeling and, and think, oh, well, I just shouldn't do that. And I should, if only I could feel like this, or if only it looked like that. And actually, really, we're just responding again to our environment or our past, or, or we're looking at these signs that say, hey, maybe that doesn't feel right for me and my family as well. And there is nothing wrong with you for feeling those things. And it's the ability to tune in and say, what's here? What's here for me in this moment? Is this this about what's happening right now? Is this about something from the past? Where do I know this feeling from? All these beautiful questions that we often share and ask uh, and talk about on our podcast are beautiful things to reflect on whenever we're running that story of, well, why am I feeling like this and what's wrong with me? Instead of actually just being really gently curious and go, oh, there's something here. There's something here and what's that about? And and the, the default being, I'll be kind and compassionate to myself in these moments because, you know, they're messengers and and I'm not bad. I'm just, I'm feeling I'm not getting my needs met or there's something here for me.
0: Mm, I love that now. I I remember maybe about a decade ago and I was working with parents and particularly mothers as well and racing really and practicing away parenting and meeting their children's needs as much as they possibly could and listening to their feelings and not using punishments and rewards, and not judging and shaming as much as possible and yet doing all the things themselves ignoring their own needs judging themselves for their own feelings punishing and well not really much rewarding but punishing judging guilt all of that stuff and it helped me see that it's so fundamental that we see that this is a parallel journey because if we're trying to just do this to our children, which I remember starting off going, yes, I'm going to do this to my daughter. So she's going to have no control patterns. Um, And even though I'd done so much inner work beforehand, and I'm still realizing, oh my gosh, it's just that constant invitation. If I'm judging myself, and we've talked a lot about this in other podcasts too, if we're judging ourselves, even if we never judge our child, they will still be in some osmotic way, even if we're not even saying that out loud, they're going to be receiving that. So it's so important for us to be seeing this as an invitation, as you say, to increasingly replace those internalized shame voices, those internalized judgments to actually replace it with more and more compassion so that we respond to ourselves, to our younger parts, to our inner children, to all our ways we've learned to protect ourselves or to fit in, to to belong, to be loved, with increasing compassion because that has a profound impact and over time we have more and more of a sense of oh actually there isn't anything wrong with me there isn't anything wrong with me I would love to say to our listeners and watchers there is nothing wrong with you there is nothing wrong with you when you feel angry when you feel outraged there is nothing wrong with you There's nothing wrong with you when you feel sad. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with you when you feel scared. There's nothing wrong with you when you feel exhausted. There's nothing wrong with you when you feel overwhelmed or confused. There is nothing wrong with you.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. And and I would love to offer them that when those thoughts come up and you start to judge yourself or you start to go, God, you know, why do I feel this way or I shouldn't be like this or I shouldn't be like that and all the shoulds and stuff come in. Could you in that moment take a deep breath? Can you remember us (laughs) in that second of us talking to you and saying to you, what if I was curious about this instead, instead of judging myself and instead of going into those stories and patterns, what if instead I could just be curious and I could step to the side of what's happening and come back to just knowing actually the truth of who I am is I'm enough and meet it with some compassion and curiosity and then see what comes up. See, what what am I telling myself here? And where do I know this feeling from? And just be curious. The curiosity is so powerful because when you're curious and you also can meet it with a bit of compassion, then it opens itself up to exploring a bit deeper what is there for you and what you may need to look into and feel into. And if you can come to it, with a container or a holding, and maybe we we are giving you to this, we're giving this to you in our words here, with exactly what Marion said, there's nothing wrong with you and you are doing the best job you know how with the stories you have experienced and the journeys you've had and in this moment, you know, we want you to know that you are enough and that everything that has been in your past or your story has brought you to this point And you have a beautiful opportunity to lean into what could feel wholesome and nourishing and compassionate so that you can move forward. I wonder what that feels like to just think about it that way. Or instead of the judgment and and all the things that we so easily default to, what if compassion could be your default? What would happen then? And for some of you, you might be like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good in theory, but it can't happen. Right. And then there's another piece you can take, which is to lean into, well, what what would you make it mean if I if I was really compassionate and kind to myself? What would I then have to give up? Yeah, you know, that's a whole other story. That's a whole it's a whole other tangent to go down. But again, if we come back to that, we're often working from protection to keep ourselves safe. And you know, sometimes those things that we don't like work for us. And, you know, we get some mileage out of it somewhere. And what happens if I didn't have to have that story anymore or play that game or or do it that way? What would that then mean? So there's so many beautiful inquiries you can lean into with that curiosity of just opening up a tiny door of compassion to yourself and seeing, and seeing what comes from there.
0: Mm, so beautiful.
1: Mm, I just... Uh, mm, can feel that as you say it right I remember so clearly not feeling like that (laughs) and being unhappy and full of judgment and um, resentful so resentful as a mother I remember all those feelings so well and to sit over the other side now where I don't ever let any of those negative thoughts rule me they might pop in and I'll be like what do you want (laughs) or I might be like oh something's here because I'm feeling something let's let's lean into it but when the default begins becomes compassion well then we just look through a completely different lens to the rest of the world don't we it's amazing isn't it do you find that when you reflect back like I I, know I've shared this
0: in other podcasts but I was so full of shame sticks and self-judgment sticks that I could not actually imagine what it would be like to be in this place now with with a deeply compassionate inner dialogue and just like you even if something mildly judge self-judgmental kind of comes in as a thought and kind of like oh what what do you know <laughs> it doesn't have any velcro to stick to which is so amazing isn't it the mm. the, the amazingness of that do you know what i was i'm thinking oh. as well how we could do this can be really helpful way to support ourselves to parent in the ways that we want to because if we think about hmm I'm imagining for everyone we do not want our children to believe that there's something wrong with them I'm imagining everyone listening could agree so when we're responding to them even when we every part of us might just really want to be putting in that shame even though it's really subtle shame or we might want to be saying you know what is wrong with you right now to actually remember that is what happens over time that those do get internalized and they're always repairable. So if you've had said that many times, it's still repairable. We can still support change, but also it can support us to actually go. I really don't want to say that to them because I really don't want them to believe there's something wrong with them. So even though every single part of me wants to speak those, just, just shame the hell out of them. I'm not willing to do that right now. And I might need to just yeah, not say anything for a few moments or just you know, whatever it takes in us, but to actually say, you know, to imagine what it would be like for them if instead, even if we can't move straight into compassion, but actually just stop, stop the judging mm. or shaming. And then actually even if we can to make an extra step to say mm. something that's that's loving and compassionate. And of course mm. we, might, we might need loving limits at times, of course, we've talked lots mm. about those, but mm. the power of our, Words do become their inner voice. Words do become their inner voice. So if we want them to grow up with a compassionate inner dialogue without loads of shame, without a fundamental belief, there's something wrong with them, it's those day-to-day-to-day responses that we respond, how we respond to them is
1: profoundly powerful. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that so much. I think that's it's the tricky part of parenting because nobody wants to do that yeah you know, I know that we don't want to respond in those ways to our kids with harshness mm. and sometimes the greatest gift we can do is to walk away is to go outside is to go to the bathroom is to take a moment is to actually pause I say this to a lot of parents who I work with with teenagers if you are fired up and stuff is happening I and I'm like you can give it some time, like just I'll be back in a few hours to chat about it or sleep on it. And in that meantime, go and talk to a listening partner or an empathy buddy, like have a chat, see what's there for you so you can come back and be centred and anchored with how you feel towards them so that you don't respond in those ways. And it is super tricky. Like I want to send a lot of compassion and empathy to everybody when you do get reactive, because we all do. And remember, again, if we look back further, we're often super reactive because, you know, we're either stressed or our nervous system is really buzzing or, you know, it's tapping us into all those unmet feelings and needs that we never got to lean into when we were kids. And so it's really important, again, if you are reactive to it, you still be compassionate to yourself. Man, I just exploded. And that's a sign that I'm I'm at capacity. It's a sign that there's some stuff here for me to do. You know, see it, meet it with that compassion again, and then lean into doing some work for yourself to do it. And it is, it's not easy. It's not easy. And that's, again, this applies. There's nothing wrong with you. It isn't easy because, as we say so many times, changing the patterns in our lineage and our story you know aware parenting that first generation aware parenting is so big because you are trying to do something with your children that has not been shown to you and that that's huge so we have to be kind to ourselves we have to go wow yep i'm turning up and it may look a bit messy and it may be clunky and it may be wobbly, but I'm doing it and I'm leaning in. And each time we we see that evidence, as you talked about right at the beginning, Marion, of our kids being in their true essence and feeling lit up. And we see, yes, okay, this is, this is the baseline here. This is what we know is possible. And we keep doing the work to get there. And it doesn't happen overnight because, you know, we all have to lean into those parts of ourselves. But the more we do and the more we you know linking with other community who do it and sometimes it's about getting extra support then the more we do that the easier it becomes and then before you know it you you know it it's it, it you know it's shifted um, i'm going
0: to go back to what you're saying about um when we're in a reactive space and, and how much harder that is if we've got our uh, children are younger and i would say as, as a as a rule of thumb if we're ever responding from a reactive place, it's never going to go well. is it? It's always preferable to not say something. I even occasionally see it myself now sometimes, very rarely, but I just say, just don't say anything because speaking from this place is never going to actually have any helpful impact at all. Let's not say anything for now. Just zip just it up. Loving limit to myself. I'm not willing to speak this. You know, every part of me might want to. It's really powerful actually to, to stop ourselves from saying those harsh things because they do—they are painful. They hurt our children. We know from our own inner processing to be judged and to be shamed is incredibly painful. And I think what I love to do is to really support people in understanding in their own uh, internal process that even though this, these might be sticks that you're giving, you're doing to yourself all the time. You know, there's something wrong the issue, la. la, 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 la. But the very first time you heard that phrase from someone, perhaps when you were a little two-year-old or a little three-year-old, just dancing around, whatever it was, it really hurt. It hurt. And that's what it's designed to. It's designed to hurt. Um, So to actually reflect back on that, and uh, I remember for myself when I was really exploring this a few years ago and exploring some um, school hurts, teenage at school hurts, and how excruciatingly painful um, it was how much in pain I was when I experienced that judgment and it's something to really take in how painful that is as humans to be judged especially when we're little especially when we're a child or a teenager it's very very painful Mm -hmm. and I do think there's something about at, at the point that we're willing to to go back and to actually feel that when we have enough support internal mm. external because that again supports us in going I don't want to do this to my child or my partner or, mm. or my parents or even just some random stranger like it's mm. it's not enjoyable and I certainly do not want to do it to myself and mm. where we get to the point where we go I'm actually not willing to do this I'm not willing to speak in these harsh ways mm. it's it's a powerful process but I think there's something about in some way needing to feel how painful it is to to receive that and to understand that, that this isn't in our culture I think it's just the the DDC is like oh yeah I just judge you know we look at we look at a lot of YouTube um, comment sections or most of the media I remember in growing up in England the newspapers it's just the that was it was shame it's just shame and guilt all everywhere mm. and to actually understand this is not how we're designed to be this is this is the ddc this is conditioning mm. we are not designed to be talking to each other like mm. this
1: mm. Mm. yeah 100% and i i did this exercise actually um with the guides at my school we were doing training around responding to children. And we did this exercise where I was saying to one of them, I want you to just keep wriggling on your seat. Like, and then this other one, I was like, I want you two to keep talking. And then I was saying to someone else, I want you to be the good girl. Like, you know, and so, and then, so the rest of the class, like they were my guides. I was like, I'm the teacher. And I'm like, I want you to focus on me. And so as I'm trying to teach them something, I was then telling off the one for wriggling and I made them sit on the floor and then you know, like and I was let me just frame. I said to everybody, are you open for this? Let's make sure you know you're all feeling safe in you know? it. And it was that was funny. we were laughing and we were playing it. but I was like, I really want you to take note of how you feel. And for those other people here, I want you to notice how it feels. Imagine you're six. imagine you're six years of age, right? What is going on for you in your body when this is happening and that's happening and And then the good girl I was rewarding and, you know, like I gave her $20. I'm like, you get $20 because you're a good girl, (laughs) right? It was very funny. We were all laughing, right? But then we stopped and I was like, okay, what came up for you? And, yeah, the ones who were getting in trouble, they were like, whoa. That six-year-old in me was like, gosh, you know, and, and one of them was saying, I just wanted you to understand why I was wriggling. And I was like, yeah. And the other one was like, but I had something really important to say to my friend. And I was like, yes. And, um, and the other one who was good was like, I just wanted to be the good girl so I would be okay. And everybody, you know, like it was really fascinating just playing that and then going, okay, so let's look at what we've been conditioned to do or let's look at what happens, you know, in a lot of standard classrooms and let's look at, you know, what we're, what comes up for us in this And how do we own that within ourselves so that we don't then transfer them to the children? And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful exercise to just really feel what is it like being on the other side of this? What does it feel like? It does not feel good. We know it doesn't feel good. We know it doesn't feel good as an adult if you're in places or workplaces where you're getting shamed or told off or that kind of stuff. And we're adults, right? And yet, you know, what we put up with or what we don't, you know, it's a whole other thing. But yeah, it, it doesn't feel good. And I think it's really you know, I want to come back to again, we do this sometimes with our children because of our own hurts. And I know nobody feels good doing it. It's the same as a child. No child feels good hitting another child or, or kicking the dog or hurting their brother. Like they don't feel good doing it. They're doing it because of that stuff there. And the same compassion, understanding to us as parents, we don't yell because we want to, we're not mean or harsh or critical because it feels good. It's because, you know, we've got our stuff going on that we need to do the work on to help us find more of that center to respond to our children from that way so again deep compassion to ourselves and the journey and and if you are being like that as a parent and you know our heart goes out to you because we know how hard it is and we also say that is such a beautiful invitation to be curious to get some support to look into what do I need to do to unpack these stories or feel them so I can come back to that place to be how I want to be with my children
0: um so profound isn't it understanding this like, even as you say i love that you did that exercise that's so powerful can you imagine if every school was doing that or every parent was getting the opportunity to see actually how painful it is to be mm-hmm. punished to be shamed to be judged so that mm-hmm. we do it less and less and less Hmm. Gosh, I was actually remembering a uh, situation in a shop, and I'm just remembering stressed and tired, and my kids would had lots of feelings, and I just remember even even in a really subtle way, just that subtle shaming. Like I never did like really about shaming, but I had some subtle ways occasionally when I was really stretched, and hmm. I could hear myself doing it. And I didn't want to do it. And I was just in, in pain and just, mm-hmm. and just responding that way. And I just, you know, so much love to that younger me mm-hmm. and so much love to you. If you notice those words coming out of your mouth, because also the reason you're saying them is because you either heard them directly or you heard other children being uh, told those things when you were growing up, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do this stuff if we hadn't heard it growing up, if it wasn't internalized in us, you wouldn't do that harsh mm-hmm. stuff.
1: Mm. Hmm. I think as you're talking about that, I really, for me, the, what is wrong with me, my version of that is I was so deeply sensitive as a child. I felt everything so deeply and, and would, and therefore like I would get upset about stuff. I'd be really sensitive. I was really, really shy. Like I just wouldn't talk for a long time. And, and there was that essence, what's wrong with you? Like, why can't you just speak or, and, but I just, it's like, I felt everything so deeply. Like, I remember like crying and I, with my mom going, how am I going to fix the state of the world? was like seven and I remember just thinking the world is so broken what am I going to do and my mom's like whoa like this is not yours to carry Lyle but you know I remember just feeling so so deeply sensitive and that that was wrong you know there was something wrong with that why couldn't I just let that go or move on and I would sit on things for ages and I would worry about it and I was so worried about what others would think and there was just I look back and and you know, the internalized state was why can't I be like the others and not feel like this? Yet that is one of my superpowers now. It's one of the most amazing things about me is the capacity to feel deeply and to tune into others. I love that about myself. I see that in my own children who also too sometimes struggle with not being able to, you know, navigate and cope in the world because it feels very jarring because they have this other sensitivity or compassion all those kind of places within them so I, it's really interesting i'm wondering if as people are listening if they want to reflect back into what is it that you felt was wrong with you when you were growing up or what were you told or what was what did you internalize as being not okay should have you been more like your brother you know should you have been smarter or better at school what were you too sensitive were you too loud were you too big were you too small? Like what? What are all the things that that we are told or we internalize around where we're not okay? I want
0: to say, Laila, I was smiling when you're sharing about the highly sensitive. I was. Not, I, I hope that didn't come across as not no. listening, flashy <laughs> But what I, what well, the sudden thought I had is those little because I was just the same as you know. Didn't say anything so highly sensitive. Was always told I was too sensitive. I'd Cry at the drop of a hat and had a whole bunch of. you know, unexpressed feelings as well and if we could go back and say to those two little, little girls I and mean, I know mine would be older than yours sweethearts you're gonna you're gonna be talking on a podcast you're gonna
1: be listening we'd be like <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah yeah I know isn't that funny because I I look at and think one of my favorite things to do in the world is to do public speaking and I talk in front of big audiences right and as a five-year-old that just would be just so beyond my comprehension or reality but that's one of the favorite things I like doing now and you know if I go back and go what did I need back then or what would have helped was probably an adult to be able to tune into me to say you are amazing just the way you are. And even though the world feels big now and you are feeling everything deeply, this is something that is going to be so powerful for you as you get older. So how can I help you? How can I make this feel better for you? You know, that's probably what I would have needed. And I bless my mum, she tried because she could see it and feel it, but it probably wasn't exactly enough of what I needed. But, um, you know, that's, that's a really interesting thing to think about. Again, what was it for you and what would you have needed? from the adults in your life so that you didn't have to carry that story forward. Mm,
0: I love that, Lal. And I love that you talk about that as your superpower, remembering the the T-shirt I've got also that highly sensitive is my superpower. And I'm thinking as well, like in terms of children, like if for, for those who are parents, I imagine most of you are parents who are listening or watching, is to imagine like anything that's maybe different about your child, perhaps your child, doesn't enjoy spelling or writing, they're much of a drawing, or perhaps your child really loves, I don't know, um, skateboarding, but really doesn't like maths, I don't know, whatever the things are, to, to really, again, be thinking about how you're responding to them. Are you willing to see these differences about them as beautiful gifts that they're here to bring to the world rather than things that are wrong with them? You know, maybe they have a diagnosis of something or other. Are you willing to see that as actually being something that's different about them that's an incredible gift that they bring to the world maybe maybe they got a diagnosis of dyslexia but actually how do they see the world in a different way that is an incredible gift and that's not to deny if they need extra support or so on but actually to that flip from where we're different again the the ddc sees if someone's different that there's something wrong with them but where can our our child's Differences be really celebrated and seen as their beautiful gifts, and, and it's my understanding in more indigenous cultures that that is what happens. Is each child was really seen for you know what are they here and they were watched to see you know what are they going to be? Are they going to be um, the medicine person? And if so, what do we need to do to support that? And they might be you know ha- having visions of horses in the sky. I don't know <laughs> what can we do to support them and watching out for their you know they're beautiful gifts in the Mm. world rather than that you know that they don't fit in or there's something wrong with them because they're not like other children it's such a different way of seeing things and I think again helps us be less likely to judge or shame and I think often again that's where we need to do our inner work isn't it because often it might come from fear about you know how are they going to fit in or how are they going to make a living or what will people think of them what will people think of me as their parent so so often we need so much compassion because I know for me some of my most par- painful parenting moments were what will people be thinking about me when they see my child doing this? Mm. So again that that internalized shame or judgment
1: mm. the most painful places. Mm. That's such a big one, isn't it? the the judgment we carry of what will others think? what how will they be perceived, all of those things. That's huge. That's really huge. I, I remember you know, carrying this. Um, I think I maybe said that to you when years and years ago when we first connected and you're like, Leo, become an aware parenting instructor. And then I was like, <laughs> no, because then my kids have to be perfect. <laughs> like if I'm doing this and that, and, and you're like, no, they don't. <laughs> and so, but it really held me back for a while. Cause I was just like, no, is there going to be this pressure? And then I realized there is no perfect. And my kids have all the permission to mess up and have messy lives and be who they need to be because, they're human and we're all human and there is no perfect. And, you know, and it's, it was a bit freeing when I finally went, Oh, let that go. And I think it was even doing web parenting for so long. And then watching one of my kids really have something big go on and, and me sitting there going, no, 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 no. You're not meant to feel like this because I've done all these other things and I've done it so well. And so now you should be like just perfect. And then it kind of was like, no there's no perfect we're humans having human experiences and so all of that's welcome right it's and and we're parenting is the ability to stay connected through the messy and connected through the things that are you know wobbly and that's that's the gold right so it's not so much about what they're doing it's our ability to stay connected to it so there you go for anyone out there who's thinking i've got to get this right and then my children will be perfect i just want to let you know it's really good to drop that illusion right now because it's probably not going to happen so yeah oh i had something i wanted to say and it's gone Ah. so waiting for that to come back again all right well (laughs) while we talk about something else it'll probably come back Mm. all right what would you what would you love to offer Mm. people around this nothing there is nothing wrong with you
0: Mm, I'm going to invite you to go because that thing's like next in the bus queue. That thought okay. is next in the bus queue. It's stopping the other buses from, of <laughs> thoughts from arriving. So okay, we'll, what about you, Lael? I will say one?
1: then. Well, I would just I'll go back to what I mentioned before about think about you as a little one and what did you take on or that you carried that you thought was not okay with you? You know, what were you told or what did you internalise or what did you think was the truth, you know? And what did you make that mean? And then, you know, what would you have needed when you were little to actually to counteract that so that you did start a different story knowing that you were beautiful and enough and magnificent just the way you are? Mm, I love that
0: now. about for you? Well, I'd like to add to that, which is just another extra bit, which is the same as what you were saying, but, you know, me and my passion for language is what specifically would you have liked to have heard and what would you like to hear now? I call that a reparative statement. So Mm -hmm. that might be, you know, one of mine is um, I love you exactly as you are
1: Mm -hmm. really hearing
0: that for all the times that I So I wasn't loved exactly Mm. as I was as a younger person. So I'd love to say that to to everyone watching, listening. I love you exactly as you are. You don't need to do anything to be loved. I love you exactly as you are.
1: And I just want to, again, really say that if this really brings up feelings for you and there is a, a lot of that harsh inner talk and dialogue, then I so invite you to reach out to someone for support. You know, there's a lot of amazing we're parenting instructors out there who do beautiful sessions and lot, and lots of, you know, find your person, right? But it is, for me, I just see it as one of the greatest gifts you can give your children is to do your own work because the more we do it and the more we lean into that, the, the freer our children are to be who they need to be. So, so yeah, lean in if you can because it's um and even if you if you can't afford therapy or you don't have a listening partner or just start writing start journaling like take some of the prompts that we've said today to just explore a bit further around you know what may be there for you because it's amazing how quickly stuff can shift when we're willing to lean into it hmm yes did you think come back did you thought come no, back? no and not? i'm oh no i bet it'll come as soon as we stop talking <laughs> <laughs> all share right, well, it'll it share be, the the topic, <laughs> be the topic of the next podcast all right i wanted to say the biggest thank you to everybody who keeps messaging us and sharing i had a beautiful chat with a woman in belgium the other day through instagram who just said i love your stuff and all our friends love it and i made a joke to her and said oh my god marion and i should come to belgium she's like i'll organize a tour for you <laughs> uh thank you to all the people in belgium who listen because i think they are apart from australia i think they're the second highest country that we have listeners so thank you to everybody who's listening from all over the world it's so beautiful getting your messages and and when you share what we're talking about it just it's uh, it's such a delight for us isn't it Marion, to just so know wonderful. that these conversations reach people and make an impact so thank you thank you everybody you can you can still leave us some a review or rate us on the podcast platforms because that's always good it kind of boosts us up there so you know if you feel inclined to do that we'd love it so thank you everybody what have you got going on marion have you got anything like we're talking we're the end of getting towards the end of february is there something you want to tell people about yep i've
0: got my aware parenting instructor mentoring course so just as you were sharing lao you um, you do not need to be perfect in any way, shape or form to be an aware parenting instructor. Um, so I've got that coming up. I have also aware parenting instructor mentoring, which is one-to-one. So extra support for people who really are uh, wanting to become instructors really soon and are really ready and on the cusp and need more, You know, really want that inner support, exactly as we were saying, to listen to all the feelings that are showing up around that and to really deeply embody this work. Um, and I also have an uh, aware parenting with Marion immersion. And I know you have, so mine is like a long one, like a nine-month one. And I know you have the long version and I've got the short version. version. (laughs) (laughs) So you've also got your emotion showing up, coming up.
1: And I think that's beautiful because I think what you're offering is just a lot more of that slow, like, you know, lean in. And this is so me. I'm all like, fast, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I've got my mission. I think we're both—they're both starting on the 28th of Feb, so they're coming soon. So if anybody wants to join that, you're so welcome to. You've still got a few spots left. Mm. Um, yes, I know. I love all the offerings out there, and there are—you know—there's lots of other people doing some beautiful work out there too. So you know, you can. There's lots of places to connect in. Yeah, mm. if you're wanting some more support. Yes, Mm. we
0: also have the free Aware Parenting uh, based on the work of Aletha Salter Facebook group, which is such a gorgeous community. So come Mm. along there if you like to. Mm. We've also now started um, a YouTube channel for this. It's just Mm. very small right now, but we'd love uh, that to grow. So if you're also, even if you've listened to this on your podcast channel Mm. and you'd like to show us a little bit of support, please come along to the youtube channel and click on subscribe and like and all those things and Mm. um yeah support that that would be so wonderful
1: yeah and as always we you know we love hearing what you'd like us to talk about so if there is something that you would like us to explore um then please send us a message you can reach us through instagram or facebook and um yeah we'll we'll see what we can do Mm. thanks for being here everybody Mm, there is nothing wrong with you (laughs) so
0: much love to you
1: thanks for joining us on the aware parenting journey please follow us on facebook and instagram at the aware parenting podcast you can find more about lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. we wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey